intent is intent is that is a tool right to help focus and prioritize right it is not it is not a magic deal button yeah right and and those folks who understand that there are different layers stages and ways to attack intent are ones that are really successful those folks who are looking for deal buttons right or people who are looking to buy right now are usually the ones that are disappointed with the technology you're listening to Digital Conversations with Billy Bateman, the demand gen leader source for the latest revenue strategies presented by ChatFunnels. All right, everyone, welcome to the podcast today. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Chris Rack of Demand Science. How you doing, Chris? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Um, really excited for this, and uh, it should be a fun conversation about how we use intent data for, for sales and as a sales team. But uh, before we hop into that, man, um, you guys at Demand Science, you're doing some cool things. But tell us about Chris, what your journey's been to be the CRO, and then Demand Science for people who don't know about you guys. Awesome, appreciate it. So you know, I came into Demand Science in uh, 2016, so I've been here right about five years. Um, Demand Science, we specialize in uh, data and intelligence for the sales um, and marketing decision makers. So. You know, our product suite ranges from, you know, activation solutions like syndication and ABM display to, um, you know, contact intelligence um, and intent intelligence through our uh, our platform solutions. So a pretty diverse portfolio across, you know, both the sales and marketing ecosystem. Awesome, man. Awesome. And then, you know, what's your, for people that are like, hey, how do I get to be the CRO? What's uh, what's been your journey to get there? Yeah, so in my journey, it's, it's been fairly consistent. Oh, you know, I've always started out at every job before this one as an individual contributor, right? Um, I've sold to the point where I moved myself into middle management, middle management, you know, then back to an individual contributor, then middle management. Um, I started in the demand generation and, uh, you know, uh, marketing and sales solution space in 2006 with a company called eMedia. Um, and I've been through the journey with a company called Spiceworks, which was acquired by Zip Davis. I was given the opportunity to kind of build the sales org here. Um, starting in 2016, when I joined, we were a team of three doing about 6 million in bookings annually. Um, and you know, by the end of this year, we will be a team of uh, probably 133 doing just over 130 million. Wow, impressive, impressive. So I'm sure uh, to get there, you know, it's been uh, five years, quite the journey, but that's a, that's a ton of growth. That's awesome. So how do you guys, like, let's talk about this. I'm sure you guys use your own product as you're selling. Um, when, you're, when you're looking at intent data, like what do you see as actual intent data for sales? Like what metrics, what activities are, are you looking at when you're like, okay, I think this indicates some intent? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of different types of intent. Right. So that's the first the first thing to look at as well. And this started out many years ago when we, um, we we realized that and obviously we're a bootstrap company. So we've never taken funding or we've never taken, you know, so everything we've always done has been how could we do this most effectively? And obviously um, effective usually means headcount. Right. I, I didn't have the I didn't have the budgets early on to go out and hire 30 SDRs to go out and hammer a market to try to find business from there. So we had a small team. So we had to figure out how to point our team in the right direction most efficiently. Right. And I we at the time, this is 
five years ago. So it was, it was in the very infancy of what folks called intent, right? We just called them triggers, right? We were like, what, what are the buying triggers of folks that are, that have the highest propensity to buy our solutions, right? We'd already done what most do. We identified our ICP. We identified the people in the companies that have the highest propensity to buy our solutions. Once we had that, we were like, okay, now how do we best identify who we should attack and when we should attack them? And for us at the time, um, it was, com- we, we, we called competitive intelligence. So given the nature of our business, when folks syndicate content or put content on the web, you know, our competitors all have websites that that content is syndicated on. So our first intent, if you will, was having a, uh, was having a, an admin scrub manually scrape our competitors' sites to figure out who was posting content on those sites. And then we would attack those folks because we knew they were buying solutions in the similar phase. So that was a, a very er, early stage way, which, you know, yeah. to what we would call first party intent, if you will. Um, but it was again, manually by a human, just scraping a site and going from there. We've obviously built out internally technologies to support that same engine to, to, to scrape and identify content on more of our competition site in more places. So we've, we've refined, we've refined that and we've created kind of an automated platform over the five years. But again, it started out with just one person and one admin manually entering those things into Salesforce. I would, I would, you know, stack rank and I would have Salesforce reports on what accounts have that had the, had those triggers. And then my, yeah. my team would attack based on those triggers. So that was early on, right? From there, we moved into another traditional first party intent and that's obviously website visits right yeah. one of the most underused intent um intent facets of you know in the space right and that's what what companies are are on your site right so we purchased a, a technology to you know to put tags on our site to understand what domains were visiting our site and try to pull the most intelligence from there we added those triggers into salesforce as well right so we could again start tracking what companies were on our site with the highest propensity so that's where it started out first party and then we said hey how could we how could we do this better right um yeah how could we leverage our core business in a way as well so um our core business is is in the syndication space is connecting content like ebooks and white papers and on-demand webcast with of vendors to you know decision makers in those spaces right it decision makers marketing decision makers etc right so we realized that there was a ton of data that we were collecting about who consumes what types of content through who consumes those white papers ebooks and on-demand webinars so we started harnessing that data right and, and leveraging intent data for that uh, we partnered with a couple other folks that do more web-based consumption and we and and where we're at now is that um our our intent engine is driven by a an aggregation algorithm that takes intent from four different independent sources and combines them into a singular score, right? Um, so what you get with that and is you get all the benefits of of a large scale intent provider without the false positives, right? Because you have the four types of validation from that. So um, it's it's really just been a process of consistent refinement, and as technology is is you know improved over the years we've tried to really harness it and adapt it and yeah how most products start you know what we started doing for ourselves we ended up productizing right so a lot of the reports that i a lot of the reports um, that i've built for my team to track intent scores and target and outreach and personalize um, we recently launched a salesforce plugin you know through our our ladero platform that gives our clients access to layer intent on top of their Salesforce environment. So 
Awesome. Awesome. I think it's always best when you can essentially eat your own dog food, you know? Um, if you're not doing it, like, why would you ever expect your customers to? So yes. 70, 75% of our opportunities created are, are companies that have, you know, uh, verified intent within our network. Okay. I love it, man. I love it. So, uh, let me ask you this. So once you, they've, they've gone through, it's like, you know, call them triggers, call it intent, whatever you want to, and you realize, okay, there's may, might be an opportunity here. How do you go about attacking that? So it's all, it's really about personalization at scale, right? So you have to have the scale of people, but also have a personalized touch. So we try to take the intent keyword that they're showing intent on, even if it's multiple keywords and try to try to speak directly to that with a unique value prop, right? It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen always, but if you have someone who's showing intent for, let's say intent, right? Cause obviously there are, there are people researching intent, which would be valuable for me as my business, right? Yep. If I send them an email with the subject line contain, you know, it says something about stack ranking the top 10 intent vendors or, you know, why our intent is the best. Obviously the ch chances are that my message that resonates with what they're researching is going to, is going to trigger an emotion in them and try to be at the right place at the right time. So one of the most underutilized facets of intent is the personalization side not just reaching out to them at the right time, but reaching, reaching out to them with a really relevant message based on the intent topics that they're trending in. I like it. I like it. So when you, when you have those high intent accounts and, and you realize like, okay, like this looks like golden. Um, what, how do you, how do you personalize for those high intent accounts? Is it just like the content that I'm reading or maybe, you know, the web pages that you've seen me visit um, on your own website, like, what do you guys view as like, hey, here's the best way to personalize we've found? You know, it really depends on the score and the stage, right? Not all, not all intent is created equal. And there's a different way to attack accounts at a different stage of intent. So for us, we consider anything with a score of 50 or above actionable. And that's okay. someone who's showing intent across two of our four sources. Um, when, okay. we have a, when we have an account that's actionable, marketing actually takes the reins there, right? Okay. And they take the contacts in actionable accounts and, you know, scores 50 to 60, and they're sending out just thought leadership, right? Just, just to start in introducing our brand or reintroducing our brand to those folks who are starting to begin their research and our, their product journey. Right. Once the once that same account reaches a score of 75 and that's either based on an additional source of intent or increased engagement with content in the first two sources, then yeah. sales sales takes over to 75. Right. And then we're reaching out with very specific, you know, very targeted email and phone scripts. Right. Trying to speak exactly to either yeah. either the keywords that they have or the value prop that we solve for that connects to one of those keywords. Right. So okay. It's really, really kind of a combination. Most folks look at intent, and I know some other vendors speak to the fact that intent is when folks are ready to buy, right? And yeah. Really, really, you don't you don't want to reach out to those people when they're ready to buy. You want to reach out to those people when they first identify they have a problem. Right. Like like if, if you get there with marketing when they're when they first identified that problem, you're not just another vendor on an RFP. You're helping them frame the solution to that problem. Yeah. Then you're, then you're really able to like, you know, I'm sure we've all read challenger sale. If you haven't, you should, you're able to really be that consultant and say like, Oh, these are the kinds of things you need to be looking for. And, uh, and you can build it for your own product to a certain level. So, yeah. 
I love it. I love it. So you mentioned four different channels that you guys are looking at uh, for intent. I'm sure they're all not created equal. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, my own opinion is there's some of those that are more high intent than others. If you had to stack rank the different types of intent, how would you do that? You mean websites? Anybody who makes it to your personal website, I would stack rank them as the highest level of intent, right? Somebody who's yeah. someone who's taken the time to to either journey to your into what I call a community, right? That's what your website is. You know, for a marketer, your website and your opt-in email database—that's your community. So anybody who you've invited to and has decided to enter your community, um, that's what I would consider those folks with the highest intent. And I would prioritize my outreach there. Um, then there are third-party sources, right? And third-party sources are folks that have either engaged with specific websites or specific content, right? I wouldn't say that, I, I wouldn't, to be candid, stack rank any one above the other, right? Because they all have their, po they, have, they have all their, po they all have positives and negatives, right? So, um, and most people will stack rank them based on whatever their solution is. So, you know, the real value is that, and, and, and I'll, I'm probably giving you not the answer that you wanted, but each individual type of intent presents its own unique benefit, but also its unique drawback, right? Like yeah. a review, a review site, obviously someone who reviews a review site might be pretty well in, in, in their product research too, but also they might be done with their product research. And let's not forget that, you know, review sites only get a, a, a really small amount of traffic um, monthly, right? Globally, you're looking at maybe, maybe 50, 60 million page views a month, right? In the grand scheme of the internet and the and content that's researched, that's a very small amount. So, um, you know, and, and again, looking at other, other, other types of intent that aggregate content consumption across hundreds of thousands of sites, right? That's a good thing that you're, that you're collecting intent over those sites, but you get a lot of false positives, right? Or people who may not have actual intent, they might just be researching something, right? So, the, the real what I believe is that I believe that as a marketer or as a salesperson, you should ingest as much data as you can. Right. In the world yeah. that we live in, in the world that we live in now. Right. There is enough data out there that you should have a team compiling sources of data from multiple sources, whether it's intent vendors. If I, you know, I use I mean, we sell intent, but I would buy other ones. Right. Just again, to collect more different types of intent, you know, from a, from a sales perspective, content. You know, contacts, direct dials, folks you can reach out to, right? You know, I use, I personally use three different contact databases, right? Yeah. You know, just because you can only have so much data, right? And, and, and data is what really drives sales and marketing decisions across the law, the grand scheme of things. So, you know, stack ranking them, I can't do it, but I would recommend that every sales or marketing buyer be buying at least two if not three or four different sources for intent and other types of sales and marketing data. Cause you can, that, that's, that money gives you significant ROI just in, just in cost of sale, right? If, if that yeah. 20, if that 20 K platform identifies, you know, five deals in a year, you know, that's likely replacing 60, 70, 80 K of headcount and manager cost that you have just by using data to be able to laser focus on the right people at the right time. Yeah. I like, you want. Know, you're right. Like they're all different. They all indicate different, different things. Like if you're just relying on your website data, like you actually may be too late. Um, especially if you want to help form that RFP and what they're looking for, you know, if they've already made it to your site, they, unless you are already the market leader, uh, they probably looked at your competitors and even talked to a few of them. So, 
Okay, man. Well, let me let me ask you this as well. So if you're getting all this intent data, I think something that a lot of companies struggle to actually get right is their ICP. Um, like we all say like, hey, this is our ICP, but does the data actually bear that out? Have you guys done anything where you can use that intent to realize, you know what, maybe we thought this is our ICP, but these are the people that actually indicate intent. And this is probably who we should be targeting. Most ICPs, and I say this jokingly, but it's actually quite true. I would be willing to bet most ICPs are created by five or six people sitting in a room declaring declaring who their ICP should be based on based on their experience or hunches in the space, right? I mean, yeah, I've been in those rooms, right? Yeah, um, you're, you're not wrong. So what we're seeing in our space and what we've done is actually you can reverse engineer ICP based on intent, right? Most people, when they go to an intent platform like ours, um, they'll log in, they'll type in their ICP first, you know, marketing, marketing managers, it, it costs software and tech companies of 100 plus in the US, and then they'll layer intent on their ICP. So but what you can do is you can actually backtrack it. And you could just pick a geography or even globally, right, and then just type in the intent, pull the full list out of the system with all the industry and company side information, and see what the data tells you, right, the data may the data may tell you that there's 25% of your of, of healthcare companies are showing intent for your product and service, and you don't have a team focused on healthcare right now. It might tell you, it might show you that you're, you know, 75% of the companies trending for intent in your topic right now are a thousand plus large organizations, and you don't have an enterprise strategic team, right? So we did this, and believe it or not, we did this in 2020 when, you know, we 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 pulled this data and it showed us that, hey, you know, we were seeing the most intent signals and the most intent for our very specific keywords coming from, you know, large size companies, right? So I built a team specifically of strategic sellers focused on our top 50, what, what were identified as our top 50, you know, accounts based on the intent data that we saw, right? And, and, and that's been one of the really key catalysts to our growth right is is just just pivoting and, and putting a very specific group of people on a very specific i you know very specific and small tam based on that data has really accelerated our revenue in the past year i love it man i love it so um before i let you go anything else that that you can share with us around how you actually use intent data to to get deals done and to get them even just started you know yeah it's you know like it First off, it's not as complicated as you think, right? Like the biggest misconception is that you need 72 integrations and plugins and all, I mean, I get that question all the time. Do you integrate with my 64 different tools and stacks and all that, right? Like most, most things can be done by, you know, CSVs and uploads and downloads, right? So it's not, it's not as overwhelming. You don't, you also don't necessarily need a technology or a platform to do it, right? As I mentioned, intent, intent for you could really just be figuring out a way to identify the, the biggest trigger that drives the purchase of your product or solution, right? And then trying to, you can solve that equation with a piece of technology, or you can solve that equation with a human, you know, a, an admin layer identifying those folks folks for you. So that, that's, that would be my first, right? And, and second, you know, intent is, intent is, the, is a tool, right, to help focus and prioritize, right? It is not, it, it is not a magic deal button. Yep. Right. And 
And those folks who understand that there are different layers, stages, and ways to attack intent are ones that are really successful. Those folks who are looking for deal buttons, right, or people who are looking to buy right now are usually the ones that are disappointed with the technology. So if anybody tells you that it's a deal button, you should probably you should probably think twice about that relationship or purchasing from that person because there isn't anybody I know who's been able to identify that yet. I love it, man. Thank you, man. So, Chris, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, continue the conversation or learn more about demand science, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out? LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active. Um, I, I post pretty regular videos on these types of topics. Um, you can reach out to us at demandscience.com as well, right? And somebody will get you connected to either myself directly or someone in my sales org. But, you know, I'm uh, I'm always reachable, um, you know, LinkedIn and and uh, email. I'm an email. Uh, I'm uh, chris.rack at demandscience.com. Okay, man. Thank you so much. And we'll chat later. Billy, thank you so much. Appreciate the time, boss. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for past episodes, go to chatfunnels.com slash podcast.